Hello and welcome back to the adventures of Lola Badiola. In the last chapter, we left Park grinning from ear to ear after his date with the girl with the almond eyes. In this chapter, we're going to find out what happens when he sees her on the bus the very next morning. So, without any further delay, let's get back to the story. The Adventures of Lola Badiola, Chapter 23 The Beginning of the End Park's alarm woke him up at 6.45am. He got out of bed, walked to the kitchen, and heated up some water to make himself a cup of barley tea. Then he very gently opened the door of his fridge. The machine had faulty electric wiring. If he pulled the door open abruptly, the power would cut off and he would ruin all the food inside. He took out a bowl of boiled rice and kimchi and sat down to eat his breakfast in front of the television. Park felt numb, but in a good way. He felt numb to the cold in his apartment, to hunger in his stomach. He felt numb to the grey day that was breaking across the sad city in which he lived. Numb to the limited life in which he was trapped numb to the frustrations of his unfulfilled potential. All of the dissatisfaction in his life was bearable because the girl with the almond eyes had smiled at him. His heart pounded at the thought of seeing her again on the bus that morning. He needed to say something substantial to her, demonstrate that there was depth to his personality. He turned on the television. Background noise helped him think. There were five domestic TV channels in North Korea, all of them run by the state. The four news channels were full of the usual propaganda. That morning they were reporting that one of Kim Jong-un's generals had been charged with money laundering. He was due to be executed the following day in front of the Supreme Leader. In Park's mind, the government sometimes resembled the mafia with Kim Jong-un as its godfather. The fifth TV channel was the only one Park ever watched. It was the sports channel, and that morning it was showing a repeat of the public shaming of the women's ice hockey team following their failure to win a single game at the Pyeongchang Olympics in 2018. Park had heard rumours that many athletes were doing hard labour or were locked up in prison for underachieving at international events. After finishing breakfast, he went to his bathroom, washed and shaved, and applied some of his Chinese aftershave. He placed the bottle carefully back into the cabinet with the dragon logo facing outwards. It was a luxury that few North Koreans could afford, and Park only ever used it on very special occasions. The authorities let certain key workers get away with such acts of decadence as a reward for their achievements. He looked at himself in the mirror. He was short and had a skinny body, far from the ideal look of the supreme leader whose chubbiness was admired by women around the country. He had a good head of hair. It was a little greasy, but there was still no sign of boldness. He made some martial arts moves in front of the mirror as if he were attacking his own reflection. His adrenaline levels were through the roof and he desperately needed to release some tension. He planned to sit next to the girl with the almond eyes on the bus ride into the city centre. At 7.30am he met Kim at the entrance of their tower block in Zone 7 and then the two of them walked together to the bus stop. That morning Kim was uncharacteristically quiet. This suited Park as he was rehearsing the conversation he was about to have with his new love. 
The two friends waited in silence for the bus to come. It was running late, due to the ongoing problems with the transmission system. When it eventually arrived, it was followed by a cloud of thick diesel fumes. The two men covered their mouths and noses and then jumped on board. At that point on the route, the bus was only 25% full. It had another dozen stops before it reached its destination, by which time it would be full of government employees. Sitting towards the front of the bus with an empty space beside her was the girl. Park spotted her immediately. He walked slowly up the centre aisle as the bus pulled away, practising the first line that he would say to her. He reached her seat and looked down at her, his chest pounding, his adrenaline pumping. He was just about to sit down when Kim nudged him down the passageway towards the empty seats at the back of the bus. The bus accelerated and the two friends stumbled forwards and ended up falling into the seats in the back row. It was by far the noisiest and least comfortable part of the bus as it was directly over the engine. Park turned angrily towards Kim. What are you doing? Kim looked at Park. I need to talk to you. Park couldn't hide his frustration and irritation. Whatever it was that Kim needed to say, he could easily have said it on the walk to the bus stop or while they waited for the bus. Listen to me carefully, said Kim, just audible above the engine noise. Our flats are bugged, our phones are tapped and our offices are wired. Yes, so, replied Park. It was common knowledge that the secret police listened to the conversations of all D-grade government employees. Kim continued, This is the only place that I can be sure that no one is listening. Park's irritation turned to a mixture of curiosity and concern. What is it, Kim? What do you need to tell me? Kim looked around nervously, but there was no one nearby. And even if there were, they wouldn't have been able to hear the conversation over the noise of the 40-year-old diesel engine. I'm defecting, said Kim. I'm joining the dark side of the force. Okay, I hope you enjoyed the dramatic ending to this episode. From now on, the world of Park J. Bong and Kim Day Won is going to become more uncertain and dangerous. But right now, let's start today's analysis of business English with the following couple of sentences. There were five domestic TV channels in North Korea, all of them run by the state. The four news channels were full of the usual propaganda. What is propaganda? And how does it differ from advertising? Well, they're both designed to influence the behavior of the general public. But they do that in different ways and they differ in their objectives. So advertising is performed to promote the sale of a product or a service, whereas propaganda is about achieving something bigger. It normally has a political, social or economic end. So the objective is different. And also the approach or the process is different as well. Advertising has certain standards. It is regulated and monitored. You can be as creative as you like in promoting your product, but you can't cheat and you can't lie. 
Propaganda, on the other hand, does not have these same standards. Propaganda may omit facts or distort the truth or simply lie in order to achieve its goals. Advertising persuades the public to do something that is good for them. Shop at Carrefour. It's cheap, convenient and fast. Whereas propaganda manipulates the public to do something that is in the interests of the propagandist. Normally someone powerful, a powerful organisation like the government of North Korea. They might say, we need to spend billions of dollars on nuclear weapons because the US wants to destroy us. That's propaganda. Okay, here's another interesting term. That morning they were reporting that one of Kim Jong-un's generals had been charged with money laundering. Money laundering is the process of making money generated by criminal activity appear to have come from a legal and legitimate source. Money laundering. You know what laundry is, right? So laundry are the clothes and the linen that need to be washed. So money that comes from criminal activity is considered dirty. In a metaphorical sense, it needs to be washed, just like the dirty clothes and linen. Well, that's money laundering, making dirty money, money that comes from criminal activity, clean, making it appear like it comes from a legitimate source. So why do criminals need to do this? Why do they need to launder their money? Well, if you think about it, dealing in large amounts of illegal cash is difficult and dangerous. So criminals need a way to deposit the money in legitimate financial institutions. But they can only do that if the money appears to come from a legitimate source. So how exactly do they make, they make the dirty money look clean? What are these legitimate sources of income that they use? Well, the most popular are strip clubs, casinos and restaurants. That's where you'll find the money laundering gangsters. Or in any business that legitimately transacts large amounts of cash... Then the money launderers can use the accounts of the company to deposit both business proceeds and the illegally obtained money. And they can mix the two things up so it all looks like it's legitimate. Other potential legitimate businesses would be a car wash, a laser tag, a nail salon. These are all cash-intensive businesses, and in them it is easy to exaggerate both the revenues and the costs of the business. Now, if you have seen the TV series Breaking Bad, you will know what I'm talking about. In the show, Walter White uses all three of these types of business to launder the massive amounts of cash that he generates from manufacturing and distributing the illegal drug methamphetamine.
Now, if you haven't seen the TV series Breaking Bad, I highly recommend it. It is widely regarded as one of the greatest TV series ever made. It is both challenging and rewarding for a non-native English speaker like you who wants to improve their listening skills and at the same time be thoroughly entertained. Okay, let's move on to the next expression. Here we go. The fifth TV channel was the only one Park ever watched. It was the sports channel and that morning it was showing a repeat of the public shaming of the women's ice hockey team following their failure to win a single game at the Pyeongchang Olympics in 2018. Public shaming in North Korea is very common. It is used to pressure people into improving their performance and keeping everybody in line. So these sessions normally involve a period of self-criticism where the person who's done something wrong has to admit what they've done wrong and accept that it was a bad thing to do. They have to criticize themselves, normally for a long period of time and normally in quite aggressive and intense language. And when this is finished, when the person has stopped criticizing themselves, then there's normally a panel of people who've been listening who will continue the criticism. They will then jointly attack the person with their own criticism. Public shaming occurs at all levels of North Korean society, from factory workers to soldiers to top officials. And for athletes, it's particularly intense if they are representing North Korea and they have lost to Japan, South Korea or the United States, North Korea's greatest enemies. Okay, now let's return to Park. Let's return to Park J. Bong, the protagonist of this section of the story. Let's discuss in more detail what he looks like. Have a listen to these sentences again. He looked at himself in the mirror. He was short and had a skinny body, far from the ideal look of the supreme leader whose chubbiness was admired by women around the country. When we are describing the size of somebody, the word fat is considered rude. So there are some more polite alternatives. You might say curvy for a woman. You might say beefy or solid for a man. And you might say chubby for children or for babies. Now, in the case of the leader of North Korea, we have chosen the word chubby, which means you're fat, but in a pleasant and attractive way. For example, we would say, that baby has chubby little fingers and toes, chubby legs and chubby cheeks. Now, if you see a photograph of Kim Jong-un, the supreme leader of North Korea, he looks a little bit like an enormous baby, don't you think? And that is why we have used the adjective chubby 
to describe his physique. Now, at the other end of the physical spectrum, the word thin is overused. And it's not really very specific either. There are some alternatives. So instead of saying thin, you could say slim. Now, slim is thin in an attractive way. In contrast, the word emaciated means that someone's extremely thin in an unhealthy way. Now, in the case of Park J. Bong, we have described him as skinny. That's not quite as extreme as emaciated, but it also implies that he is too thin. Skinny implies that there's no muscle or fat in the body. One's bones are simply covered by a layer of skin. Hence, skinny. Okay, let's move on to some more cool vocabulary. Listen to me carefully, said Kim, just audible above the engine noise. Our flats are bugged, our phones are tapped, and our offices are wired. Bugged, tapped, and wired. You've probably heard these terms in US crime series and films. In fact, there is a very famous TV series called The Wire, which is all about these sorts of activities. And once you've finished watching Breaking Bad, you can then move on to The Wire, which is considered by many TV critics to be the best series ever made. But be warned, the street language that's used, especially amongst the criminals, is so authentic that even native speakers like me need subtitles to understand it. So if you watch The Wire, I wouldn't blame you if you watched it with subtitles. So let's go through the meaning of each of these words, bugged, tapped and wired. They all mean pretty similar things, that someone is secretly listening to you. But let's discuss each one individually. To bug, that is to conceal a miniature microphone in a room or a device in order to listen to or record someone's conversations secretly. For example, you might say, this house is bugged. The CIA are listening. Okay, next we have the verb to tap. Well, this is to secretly listen to someone's phone conversations using a special electronic device. For example, you might say, call me on the other phone. I think that this one is tapped. And then finally, to wire or to be wired, that is to secretly wear or carry a microphone or recording device when you are speaking or interacting with other people so that you can record them secretly. For example, the CEO admitted the crimes to a colleague who was wired by the FBI. So in general, you bug a room, you tap a phone, 
and you wire a person. Okay, finally, let's remind ourselves how this episode ended. Listen to this sentence again. I'm defecting, said Kim. I'm joining the dark side of the force. To defect, well, that's simply to leave a country, a political party, especially in order to join an opposing one. So you defect from North Korea to South Korea. You defect from the Republicans to join the Democrats. You defect from Manchester United Football Club to join Manchester City Football Club. So you're leaving one organization specifically to join the rival, the opposition. Now, in South Korea, the government reports the amount of defections they receive from North Korea. Just to give you some numbers here, they reported 229 defections in 2020. That doesn't seem too high, does it? Well, in fact, it's down from 1,047 in 2019. And that number will probably go back up once the global COVID pandemic has passed. Okay, finally, you know what the dark side of the force is, right? You've heard that expression before, I'm sure. Kim Daewon loves watching American movies and cartoons. So he's clearly referring to a very well-known quote from Star Wars. Now, in real life, if you say that you are joining the dark side of the Force, you are admitting that you have been seduced by factors that are dangerous and possibly malevolent, but nevertheless extremely attractive. And that is certainly how Western culture and Western lifestyle appear to both Kim and Park. And this discussion gives me the perfect opportunity to do my Darth Vader impression. Here we go. Join me and together we will rule the universe as father and son. There you go. What did you think? Not bad, eh? Okay, on that dark but funny note, we come to the end of today's session. Remember, if you want to learn English in a more structured format, you can join Club Grattan for live and interactive classes with me. Just search Club Grattan on Google and you will find us. And we hope that you can join us for the next episode of The Adventures of Lola Badiola. In the meantime, keep practicing English and may the Force be with you.